Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Creative Control with Bish Khanna. Hey, are you in your mid-30s like me and feeling like you've accomplished some things? Well, that's nice for you. Wonder Girl is a 16-year-old hip-hop producer from Brampton, Ontario. By the way, best Indian food this side of India. Whose work appears on the new Jay-Z album, Magna Carta Holy Grail. The song is Crown. So I'm going to interview a teenager about being on a Jay-Z album. Then I'm going to go talk to a guidance counselor and figure some shit out. Also, Simone Schmidt and I are old pals from her Guelph days and and her time in the band $100. She's in at least two bands right now, a solo endeavor called Fiverr, whose uh, new LP is coming out this September, by the way, and The Highest Order, who helped kick off the Toronto Urban Roots Festival, or TERF, this week. Simone and I are going to spend some time discussing the pros and cons of music festival culture and why she finally deleted her Facebook account. This week's episode of Creative Control with Vish Khanna is brought to you by the Eden Mills Writers' Festival, which celebrates its 25th anniversary this September 13th to 15th in the beautiful village of Eden Mills, just outside of Guelph, Ontario. Over the last quarter century, the festival has grown into a nationally acclaimed and widely respected literary event, dedicated to promoting and raising awareness of Canadian literature, both young emerging authors and writers and very well-established ones, and they have a very exciting program planned for this year. For more information about the festival, visit EdenMillsWritersFestival.ca. The song you're hearing is called Crown, and it's from Jay-Z's hotly anticipated new LP, Magna Carta Holy Grail. The song was produced by a 16-year-old woman from Brampton, Ontario, who goes by the name Wonder Girl. Honing her craft since she was nine years old, Wonder Girl became the protege of superstar producer and Drake collaborator Boy Wonder, who guided her to win the 2012 Battle of the Beatmakers competition. She's already collaborated herself with Sunreal and Rich Kid, Travis Scott, French Montana, and when Jay-Z's new LP soft-launched on July 4th, Wonder Girl's profile rose like crazy. And she's not even done high school. Joining me on the phone to discuss this further 
is Wonder Girl. How's it going, Wonder Girl? That's good. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. It's nice to speak with you. Now, first of all, can you tell me what your July 4th was like? Um, it was crazy. Um, just people like calling me and, and, and texting me and tweeting me all the time. Like my phone was just blowing up. <laughs> right. Which is probably great. And also a little overwhelming, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, have you had anything like this happen to you before? Um, like it was sort, sort of when, um, the uptown stuff for Travis Scott came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that like that made my phone go crazy too because a lot of people like that trash. Right. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, from what I understand, Travis Scott actually hooked you up with Jay Z. Can you elaborate upon how you came to work on a record by Jay Z? Um, I made I made a beat and I sent it to Travis Scott and he said he was going to do some stuff with it and um. A few days later, he he said he texted me and said that he's about to change my life, <laughs> and then, and then he was like, um, a few days later, he, like he wouldn't tell me what he was talking about. So my managers were just going crazy, like maybe you're on Jay Z's album, and a few days later he called me and told me like I was officially on his album and told me everything that happened. And went well. That's all that. Was. That that's amazing. So what is that? So what does being on Jay Z's album actually mean to you? I mean, and you can be as specific as you want. What does it mean financially? What does it mean for you as a as a fan of music? Um, like it means a lot because I I listen to Jay Z and I listen to all those people, and to have my beat on one of his albums at my my age, like it means a lot to me. Like, it's huge. Yeah, no, it's it, clearly this is one of the reasons we're talking, and it, it, I'm glad that you appreciate it because, on some level, Jay Z is a, a significantly older artist in hip hop, and it's it's kind of cool to me that he resonates with you. Yeah, yeah. Now, what were you actually going for with the beat uh, with Crown? What, when you kind of think about what you were kind of shooting for with the actual production, can you kind of talk about that? What were you What were you aiming to do? Um, like nothing really. It was just, I, I found a sample and I, I just made something with it. Just, yeah, it wasn't really aiming to do anything with it. Right. Cause when you made it, you obviously had no idea that maybe Jay-Z might work on it, right? You had no conception. Yeah, of that. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What was the sample that you found? Sizzla, solid as a rock. Oh, Okay. And that's just that's just something you found and you wanted to incorporate in your song. All right, that's cool. Now you obviously didn't get to work with Jay Z in person by the, by the sounds of it. Um, yeah. What do you make of what he did with your beat? Oh, I love it. <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you had have you listened to it like a trillion well, times? Yeah, I've listened to it like a few times now. I just haven't had much time to listen to the full album, but yeah. And, and sort of lyrically, what's your take on what Jay Z is saying in the song? Um, what he's saying was, like, he was being very cocky. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah, he is being cocky. And, and, and yeah. I mean, it kind of suits the song. You started making beats at nine years old, and I can't even conceive of this on some level. How did this happen? Um, just, like, I was watching videos of um, my favorite producer, Timbaland, and um, he... Like, just watching him in the studio working, like, 
but not actually making, like, just, like, create, him creating stuff, instrumentals. I really like that, and I wanted to do the same thing. Huh. So, when, at that time, I just started making stuff on my on my keyboard, and then I went on to making stuff on computers, through, and I learned all of this through YouTube. You learned everything from YouTube? Like, you, you, you have no other musical training? You just watch YouTube videos? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. What, <laughs> did your parents actually uh, support all of this right away? Yeah. And and did they outfit you with... What, what, what did they get you so that you could, you know, be enabled to do this? Um, well, my, my aunt has helped me a lot by getting a lot of my the equipment that I needed. And then later on, I just started getting the equipment myself. Okay, so you just accumulated yeah. equipment from from relatives. It sounds like your family's very supportive of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did you actually become like, your name? Your moniker, Wonder Girl, is kind of interesting because it makes me think of Wonder Woman, and then I think about your association with Boy Wonder. So there's like this Wonder thing happening. What about from your perspective? Where does the name Wonder Girl come from? Um, at the time, I was like, I really liked Boy Wonder's beats and. I was just listening to his beats, and at that time, I still needed a new name. So I just, I sort of took his name and switched it around and added girl. Okay. <laughs> so, so he's Boy Wonder, you're Wonder Girl, and together, like, what is his, what is his role in your life meant to you? Because he's, I, from what I can tell, he's had a huge impact on your life. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's my mentor, and um, he's helped me just, make my beats better. What kind of advice does he give you when it comes to beat making? Like, he just, like, just just how, like, how to to last in this industry, and and he gives me a lot of tips, tips on, on, on FL Studio. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, and when when you say tips on how to last, can you share a couple of those tips? Just because there's going to be people who are you know, you're already in a position at 16 where people are now going to look up to you because you've had such success. So, uh, like, the success you've had already, what are some of the tips yeah. that Boy Wanda has uh, given to you? Just, like, stay humble. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's about it. Because that's, that's, is that difficult to do when you're in kind of a, a genre and a realm where you're kind of forced not to be that humble in a way? Well, you're not forced, but a lot of it is, like, kind of bragging, you know, a lot of... You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of it's kind of yeah, sh- yeah. being showing showing off. You have, and you, you know, when you call yourself Wonder Girl, I don't know how humble you sound. You sound like <laughs> you sound like a superhero. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 not though. Like I'm not I'm not a cocky person, so it's not really hard to not stay humble. Right. Okay. You know, many music producers across genres and styles they develop a signature sound. You know, over time, and people want to work with them. Based on that, you are a young, you're a younger producer. But how would you describe your style right now? Um, I like it's 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 rap, hip hop type beats, but like, but like hard hip hop type beats, and and it's it's not usually like what people are making right now. Hmm. When you say it's not what people are making right now, how do you distinguish what you're doing from what? other people are doing 
Well, a lot of people are making like this genre called trap. Trap, sorry. Yeah. And um, like it's 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 like a a little bit of that, and a little bit of like hip hip hop, like real hip hop, mixed in to like one beat. Right. So that's yeah. that's kind of your focus. When you hear, have you heard, uh, have you heard Yeezus by Kanye West? Yeah. What do you make of the production on that record? Because that the production on his record has got a lot of attention. Uh, what do you make yeah. of What do you make of that record? Uh, it's it's really different. I I, I like it though. It's good. When, when you say it's different, is it different from everybody, or just <laughs> just different for the for this for the genre? It's like different from everyone. Like you've never really heard it before. Yeah, you mentioned Timbaland and you mentioned Boy Wanda. Is 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 Kanye someone you also kind of look up to as a as a producer and an artist? Yeah, as an artist, not like as a producer. Sorry, not much as an artist. Though you, you're not you're not as you don't have as much of an affinity for him as an artist. No, but I'd like to work with him. <laughs> good, good cover. That was a good cover at the end there. That's good. <laughs> so after working on a Jay Z record, what's your next move here? Um, just keep getting placements, and I want to win a Grammy too. You want to win a Grammy? Okay. Yeah. And what do you have lined up in terms of placements at the moment? Do you have anything else? Uh, no, not yet. Just trying to figure it out right now. Okay. And then you're in. Did you just finish the eleventh grade? Yeah. So you're going in the twelfth grade. You're going to finish high school. Yeah. But all you know, all of this stuff might keep start to get you know. It's going to start to keep you busy. Is is it a goal of yours to 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 kind of focus on school and, and get that done? Um. Yeah, I have to focus on school because if I don't, my mom takes my computer away. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that same issue happen to Boy Wanda sometimes when he's not concentrating? Doesn't his mom take his stuff away? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that happening. Well, it's great to speak with you. I want to let people know that the new Jay-Z LP is called Magna Carta Holy Grail. It's available worldwide on Sunday, July 7th. And its star-studded guest list includes Brampton, Ontario's Wonder Girl, who produced the song Crown. And for more information about all of these things, visit uh, lifeandtimes.com and wondergirl.com. That's W-O-N-D-A-G-U-R-L. Dot com. Wonder Girl, again, a great pleasure to speak with you and best of luck with everything. Yeah, nice speaking to you too. Thank you. Well, among the bands playing the Toronto Urban Roots Festival is The Highest Order, a great band featuring members of a, a great another great band called $100. Uh, the Highest Order put out a record recently called If It's Real, and they've been playing all over the country. And joining me now to discuss this further is Simone Schmidt. Hi, Simone. Hi, Vich. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty well. How are you? I'm doing great. Okay, good. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just at, I just made Frank Post for uh, a person, Ann Abbott, who I work for. And then uh, I'm doing an interview in the middle of my work. So. Yeah, that's. I, I appreciate you making the time for this because I know you got a lot going on, and and uh, you know, and I don't remember the last time we haven't we spoke relatively recently, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. Oh. We always just see each other around in the like very suspended time of music festivals that somehow blend in all together. Yeah, it's true. Uh, we were both at when was the last time we would have been in the same festival? Probably in St. John's, or was Vanya it, Vanya? Was it? Was it? Oh, 
was it Newfoundland or Guelph? I can't even remember which one came first. I think Kazoo came after. Yeah, I think you might be mm. right. Anyway, that was that that was fun. You, you've played a lot of festivals in this country. What do you make of the whole festival culture? Because now we've got another new festival, Toronto Urban Roots Festival, and sometimes I wonder if there's just too many festivals. What do you think? The festival culture really depends because there's all these different uh, kinds of festivals. And I think they fall into different categories. But Toronto Urban Roots Festival is a kind of festival that I think is interesting because I actually am very um, glad that some of the performers are coming to Toronto and that uh, I'll be able to see them. Like, I would really like to go see Nico Case or Kurt Vile, but I don't know that I would have the money to go see them if I weren't playing the festival. So for me, I'm, like, very happy. Um I also think that the Toronto Urban Roots Festival is an interesting categorization of music. The idea of urban roots is kind of, well, that like, that includes musicians like Kurt Weill or Nico Case and not, uh, it's not like so much like country or alt country. It's kind of looking at, songwriting i think maybe to categorize or to to like to root to root an artist in in roots they're looking at the songwriting and, and maybe not the instrumentation or the uh, visual aesthetic which is nice i think well you you yourself have been in a band that was sort of categorized as a roots band and then i think part of why you started a different band was to kind of escape that that pigeonholing you started you were in 100 dollars and and that was a pretty that was pretty much a country band, and now you're doing kind of more of a rock and roll thing with the highest order, and and I'm curious was that purposeful was that was that part of the part of your rationale for doing a new thing was kind of having an escape route from being pigeonholed. Um, we we actually just started a different project, right? So it's like, well, I like to just to describe the difference between the two bands, even though there's crossover membership, as like. Sometimes on a weekend you go to a party with some friends and then the next weekend you go to a party with some other friends, but some of your friends from the last weekend's party were there, but then it's still a different party. But so like, I don't feel like we were strategically starting a new band to escape a genre, but I will say that I got, I, as a musician got quite bored of the, alt country and roots scene because I don't feel like, I feel like it actually kind of is a, is a, is a boring approach on a musicianship level. Like there's none of the virtuosity of the more traditional forms of country music in all country. And then there's um, none of like the attention to tone or uh, songwriting that, is present in both rock and roll and country music. Like I feel like it's an it's an excuse to like not learn your instrument and like don a cowboy hat a lot of the time. Um, so I, uh, yeah. So I for me, I'm quite glad to be in more of a rock and roll band. But but on purpose, I just it's just like a a nice a nice uh, side effect of of wanting to play electric guitars that I I get to play rock and roll shows a lot more. Right. Do you think that 
because you've played so many different kinds of festivals, the, the whole point in this country, it seems, for festivals is to bridge worlds for, for both listeners and for, for musicians. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. They're often very eclectically programmed. And there's sort of something for everyone, but there's also this sort of sense of like, hey, if you don't like something or you're unfamiliar with it, here's your chance to maybe experience it and learn something about it. Do you feel like people will have that opportunity at something like the Toronto Urban Roots Fest, which just by its name, maybe not by its programming, but by its name, seems to be more specific? Hmm. I don't know, because it's kind of... I, I think that... It's more the geography and rather the programming that allows uh, for a festival goer to be able to check out whatever's available, which is to say my experience of festivals is that I go and I party and then I go to like wherever is the like most convenient based around like um, a few performances that I definitely want to see. I don't like... I think maybe if I was more organized, I would just like go to everything or something like that. But you can only consume so much music, right? I kind of, so, I kind of feel like your most of your the majority of your experience as a festival goer is as a performer, right? Oh, all of it, yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> you you weren't a big festival person before you started playing them. I never would have paid money to go to a festival. Now, now that's interesting. Now, why is that? Oh, I think it's because. <laughs> I, um, it takes a kind of like approach to life to be a festival goer. I think I, I find that, I mean, this is very personal, but I find it very, uh, overwhelming to be in big crowds at, and tiring and dehydrating. And like, um, I don't know. I, I really consume media in maybe a, a slower pace than a lot of other people. So I just like put a record on repeat, you know, sure, I sure, don't, sure. Yeah. And so like the same with shows, I feel like I can only actually pay attention to them for so long. And then if the rest of the, of the point of being at the festival is not to watch the shows, but just like party in a huge crowd, then I would like rather sleep. Um, but so that's why I never would have paid for festivals. But back to the geography of the festival, I guess this festival is interesting because they're doing this thing that where there's like the main grounds and then there's this after, um, after the main grounds, you, you can go to like a, series at some of the bars in Toronto. Um, and so like, that's what we're playing. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure that anyone will, who actually goes to the festival will like come out to Lee's palace on a Thursday, unless they're like avid music lovers who 
really, really, really want to make the most of their, their passes. Right, and, and that, that, that's kind of what the demographic of festival patronage is supposed to be, I think. I mean, who else could withstand? You kind of alluded to this yourself as, a, as someone who tries to uh, you know, engage in a festival. You find it somewhat difficult because it's a little overwhelming on every level. And, and I, I think that the festival, the ideal festival patron is living for that experience. They want to be kind of overloaded and experience as much as they can in as short a period amount of time as they can. Yeah. Hmm. You know what? It's not my own. It's not because I don't want to be this way, but when I was a child, my parents would not take me to theme parks or anything like this. So I was never desensitized. And so, <laughs> so I find everything a little more overwhelming than no, most I, people would. I'm, I'm figuring out as I get older. Yeah, no, I mean, you and I have been to several different kinds of festivals together and uh, like all over the country in some ways. And I feel like. The ones that I engage with the most are a little bit more low key. They're in little towns, and I don't know if that says something about me, but they're just, they just—they don't seem as sort of imposing. They—they—they—I they, 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 feel like I can go to them, and I and there's not as many choices in some ways, which makes it sort of easier to figure out what I'm going to do. And that's just, yeah, you know, I and I I'm I struggle with it a little bit too, because like on some level, as amazing as a lineup for something like Coachella or something is, I don't find the idea of going and being immersed in in a crowd of a hundred thousand people that exciting like i i and, and having it be one thing after another for some reason that just doesn't always appeal to me yet i go to festivals all over the place i like festivals but there's something about the big ones that i i find a little daunting yeah and turf will be interesting because i feel like it will be kind of a combination of the two yeah yeah in could, that yeah there's the off-site stuff which is which I mean, which makes things more less overwhelming. It's just like going to a few concerts at once, and not being at a festival. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that. That's interesting. And no one will be camping. Like it won't be like a camping. I guess there's just a lot of tips to festivals, right? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, it's true. This isn't a. This is this is an urban. Like you're in a city, and you're going. You're kind of doing a little crawl around the city. Like you're going to a main grounds, which is primarily at uh, the Fort York. Uh, Garrison Common, and then there's club shows, and it's yeah, it's 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 an interesting setup. I'm not I'm not certainly not knocking this. I think it's a cool idea. I just was curious because you you and I have frank conversations, and I and you're very opinionated. And I wanted to talk to you about sort of festival culture. That's what I think. I that's why I want well, to talk to you. Oh yeah, no, I don't know. Like festival culture is like so. It's so strange to me. I don't really. I don't get it at all. Uh huh. There you go. But you've played. Like a, you've probably played a festival in virtually every province or territory in this country. And they're still mystifying to you. Yeah, I mean, I think that that yeah, it doesn't. But it doesn't make any sense to me why anyone would go to a music festival. <laughs> that said, I am a musician and not like like I'm a music lover on a div in a different way. Like I don't think I ever. Um, I know plenty of people who only buy records and yeah, like never totally. go to live music, and I think. I only started going to see live music a lot when I started playing because I had to, because I was around for so many shows. But yeah, yeah I don't know. Everyone just tries to find a, a balance in their life. And a lot of people need to like balance a loud show with some quietude. I find like my ears out. I sound like a real bore, but you know what I mean? No, I, we're both boring. We're not boring. We're just being. <laughs> we're just looking at festivals a little bit more critically, as opposed to just being. Yes, I'm going to this 
multi artist, multi staged festival. I think sometimes you got to step back and be like, what are we actually doing here? Uh, what are we actually think- What are we actually absorbing by uh, seeing all of this stuff at the same time? That's all. That's all I'm getting at. Yeah, and I and I feel like one thing that festivals allow people to do is make very quick comparisons. I would say that some festivals that I've gone to, not like Long Yvania or Sapi, but like larger festivals like Hillside, uh-huh. I've left Hillside and the people who have contacted me after I played Hillside were people who never go to concerts during the year. And that's like their time when they go and check out music lives. Yeah. Um, and because they work jobs and they, don't, they like, that don't, I don't know, allow them to go out on a Thursday night necessarily. Um, and they kind of, yeah, they consume their music all at once and then they buy the records and then they write to you and they're like, I saw you here. It was great. Thank you so much. And I think that's a nice part about festivals. It is. I think there's a weird, there, there is a kind of resentment among people like me. I don't actually, personally, I don't have it, but I've talked to people who go to either people who set up shows all year round or go to shows all year round. There's a slight resentment, I think, at the festival culture because it's basically saying like, hey, everyone, don't waste your time all year going to everything else. Here's everything you could possibly want in one weekend. And I think that can be a little vexing for some people. I could see that angle. And yet at the same time, I think like that really people do a lot of important things in their day to day. And I think I, as much as I begrudge, like I would begrudge television more for like creating like a way of distracting oneself, like a disengaged kind of medium that on a regular basis people escape to rather than like, you know, going to a show where they get to uh, like engage directly with something that's, that, that, that's like, that's real that they, you know, or I would like begrudge the movie theater for charging like $14 a ticket and $20 for popcorn. Uh Um, for doing the same thing and taking people away from like a year round live art scene. But I, I don't, yeah, I just feel like the picking on the festival for detracting from that. It just seems like a little ridiculous. No, I can, I can appreciate that. I think it's definitely when they're done right, you get sort of value for your dollar and all that. And, and you're right. I think some people, of course, as a new dad, I'm certainly going through this. Like I don't have time or the energy or the money to go as much as I used to go to like individual shows. And sometimes the festival is nice because you do see a lot in a very short amount of time and for little money. So yeah, this again, this is not, I'm just, I just want to have a conversation where we think about this a little bit and that's what we've done. And I appreciate that. Oh my gosh. I didn't feel like we were slagging anything. No, we're not slagging. We're not slagging at all. We're talking. We're just (laughs) having a talk. Now I want to, before we should wrap this up because I want to, You've got to get back to work, and, and we should. That's just the way life is. But I want to ask you uh, both about what, what's up with the highest order. Actually, let's start with that. Mm-hmm. What's up with the highest order? What's going on? You've got these shows. Anything else? Uh, we have these shows. We're going to go play Sappy Fest, which is nice. And then, I don't know. I think we're going to be playing around uh, the U.S. and Canada over the next year and working on a new record. Um, we love playing together. It's so fun. And, um, yeah, everyone's in good health, and so we will go forth. That's nice. I am looking forward to go and play a, 
uh, Chicago. I think I think we're gonna go start playing Chicago every month, which what? is cool. I'm I don't know why we're going to Chicago, but we just decided to do it. You have so do, we're gonna you start. have some kind of arrangement where you're playing every month. Yeah. How'd you figure? Where are you playing? Like the Empty Bottle or something? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. That's exactly. Nice venue. Is it good? Cool. Yeah. So there's a great we'll uh, there's a great restaurant right next door called Bite. I think that's the one. Yeah, it's called Bite. I think it's good. Is it just small portions of food? Well, the last time I was there, I got the. Did I get the poutine? Someone really because we're Canadian, they were like, "You gotta get the poutine," and I, I don't know if I like the poutine. I don't want to slag Bite, but uh, I, I've ate, I ate there twice. The time before that, it was really good. No, the portions were fine. It was good. Okay. You you thought because it's called bite that they might just be like here you go here's a bite I I have to say I prefer a small portion oh well I'm sure you and I thought that perhaps there was like the whole restaurant was built around the idea of smaller portions like bite bite sized yeah, everything maybe I I maybe that I don't think that was a motif I mean I think they're just like people bite anyway yeah it's good you'll you'll enjoy it the empty bottle's good and you'll have a good time cool that's good. Hey, here's the thing that I wanted to talk to you before we uh, got off the phone. You you yourself personally left Facebook. Oh yeah, peace out. <laughs> why why did you leave Facebook? I miss you on Facebook. Um, I felt like I have an addiction to my smartphone. I go on tour a lot and I have to have a smartphone, and that's why I have one. I think maybe 3 years ago I would have said that I never would have one it's quite clear to me that it's essential in order to keep up with the pace of things and the way in which people work when I'm on the road. Yeah. So I have one. So I had Facebook and I had a pretty easy time at moderating my use before I had a smartphone. But what I find is that my addiction to my smartphone is actually more physical than it is mental, Mm -hmm. but it then it's like, um, I just scroll through with my thumb when I'm bored and I go into Facebook and then I overexpose myself to it. And I think that overexposure to Facebook makes me a boring person. Um, and so what I found I was doing a lot of the time was like if I was like bored or lonely, I would go on Facebook and I actually wouldn't like deeply engage with an idea or with a person, which is kind of the antidote for boredom or loneliness actually. And I was becoming more and more unhappy Hmm. as a result. Um, so I decided to leave. I wanted to leave about a year ago, but I couldn't, uh, figure out how to run my band pages still. But if anyone out there is conflicted about being able to leave Facebook in their personal identity, but maintain their band or business identity, just make a new uh, identity, assign all your permissions to the new identity, don't add any friends, and then deactivate your old account. So are you That's are it. you totally gone? Did you deactivate it? Yeah, I deactivated it, but you can never be totally gone, so you have to reactivate. So if you reactivate, you're just, you'll, you'll just come back, if you decide. Yeah, I will be totally back. Okay. Back. Um, no, I, I, pre- I, I appreciate what you're saying. It's a huge t- time-consuming thing, and, and I can totally understand it. I don't know. I still... I've never really got hung up on it. I just sort of do it, and it's kind of fun sometimes. And I, you know, I know people are leaving it in droves or whatever, but I, that's good. No, it's good that you. I'm surprised you you went 
basically completely cold turkey. Did you try to just minimize? Like, obviously, you went through a period where you tried to slow down, but you couldn't do it, right? Yeah, I just found like I'm an impulsive person, and uh, and like the impulse to check Facebook became more and more frequent and less and less rewarding. Um, I also just find that um, I'm on Instagram, which I really like on a visual level. I like the pictures that some people take, and I'm on Twitter, and so I can parse the internet and articles. Like I follow a lot of journalists that I admire, yeah. and those were the two, two reasons um, that I like Facebook because I liked how it was organizing the internet for me. It was allowing me to see what people were reading and, um, and, um, you know what? I'll tell you, this is going to make me sound a a lot worse. I started hiding the people that I didn't, I was getting bored of, um, on my feet. And then I realized that I was hiding every person that came up almost. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, I don't like how people, it's not that I don't like people. I just was like, I don't actually like how this is being used. So I left. Um, but, I will say that I've written a lot more letters over the past three days since I left Facebook because I want to know how my friends are doing. And I have also started uh, trying to memorize poetry when I'm bored (laughs) instead on my smartphone. I see. You're trying to better. You're better. You feel like you you just weren't able to better yourself because Facebook was too distracting and now you're able to self-improve. My attention was just totally screwed up my parents started using iphones and they're like people who like my dad used to write uh books about critiquing technology and its shortcomings on an ethical and intellectual um standpoint anyways he got a iphone and so did my mom and their level of distraction has increased tenfold (laughs) it is so funny it is distracting it's a really drastic effect no, I was going to say that there might be people listening to us on the smartphones. Like your parents might be listening to us right now on a smartphone. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. How you doing? <laughs> this is your way. I don't think. I don't think so. <laughs> this is the, your way to communicate. All right. Well, listen. I want to let people know that uh, the highest order's new record is called "If It's Real," and uh, you can learn more about them on Twitter at the highest order and uh, contrary. Well, not contrary, but as, even though Simone's not on Facebook, the Highest Order are. They're on Facebook. You can find them there, and you can learn more about them at highest-order.com. Simone, always a, a great pleasure to speak with you, and thank you for your honesty and frankness. <laughs> well, thank you for uh, conducting such a good, good and revealing interview. <laughs> I hope that you have a great day. Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at vishcreative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at cfru.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.